The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Wednesday again, which means the Chiefs are back to practice in preparation of their next opponent. This week, that's the New York Jets. On Wednesday, we got to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, tight end Travis Kelsey, and safety Dan Sorensen. So on the front half of this podcast, you'll hear from Mahomes and Reid, and then we'll take a quick break, and you'll get to hear from Kelsey and Sorensen. Right now, here is the Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. As far as uh, practice goes... Uh, Armani Watts is uh, sick. He won't practice today. Schwartz and Sammy Watkins are getting better, but uh, won't practice today. So um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Jets. Um, good football team, well coached. And, um, you know, we've, uh, again, we've got to have a good week of practice. Time's yours. Let's go first to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Coach. Uh, good morning to you. Um, you know, obviously Election Day is coming up next week. Just your, your thoughts, your closing thoughts on what you all view as success, uh, with what you all are doing with the voter registration that you've done thus far and then using Arrowhead uh, as a location, polling location this Tuesday. Yeah, so listen, I, I'm proud of our guys for uh, having the wherewithal to come up with <clears throat> a plan. And then for our organization, uh, Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan, uh, to work with them to get it done. And I mean, you don't see that all the time. So um, that that respect for the for the players and the players' respect for our ownership, I think, is <clears throat> is very important uh, to have. And so uh, to actually have it here uh, on campus per se, but uh, right here at Arrowhead, I think, is a tremendous tribute to all that were involved in getting it done. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy, you've obviously had a lot of guys play against their former teams. Just just generally speaking, do you feel like you get a little bit of extra out of guys when, when they're playing against a, a team that cut them? Um, I, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't know that. Um, I think once a, uh, once a whistle blows and it's time to start, I think you kind of put that – um, in the back of your mind, if that was kind of your plan, you just you're playing and you're playing the best of your ability, and uh, that's what that's what you end up doing. So, um, anyways, that's that's what I think. I just you know, I haven't done it for a couple of years and watch guys uh, go through it. Um, I think that's what happens. <clears throat> Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. 
Hey, Coach, good morning. Off the football field, um, it seems like the city of Kansas City is making a push to, to, to attempt to lure the Toronto Raptors here. If you could make a, a pitch to the Raptors of why Kansas City would be unique for them, what would it be? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal sports town, I guess. Kirby is what I don't. And, um, and not that Toronto's not. I'm not saying that. I, uh, they're good people up in Toronto, too. So, But uh, I believe we'd love to have you. And let's go. Let's roll. Um, uh, no, no better sports place than right here. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. I know we're getting Travis uh, here in a little bit. I wanted to ask you just in terms of production, consistency, uh, even improving as a run blocker uh, from when he started, just where are you most impressed with what Travis has done this season so far? Yeah, well, he's obviously a complete player, pro, pro bowl player, uh, all pro player, um, record holder, all those things. Uh, but every day he comes to work and that's the part I like the best. And he tries to get better at his game. I mean, he diligently works with Pat diligently works with Tom in the run game, ask questions, wants to get it right, all those things. I mean, um, and uh, wants to be the best. So, I, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. Absolutely. Go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Coach, I know uh, Brett's the guy that's that's handling, you know, looking around what's going on in the league. But just in general, the, the teams are much more aggressive, it seems, at the trade deadline now. That, that you know, 10 years ago, it was like, hey, we, you know, it's too far gone. We can't fit them into our scheme. They can't learn what we're doing. But more and more, we're seeing guys do that. Why? Why, why do you think it is uh, that, that guys are now able to change teams in season and, and be effective? Or is it just about maybe young general managers like Brett Feach that are much more aggressive than maybe the old guard? Yeah, it might be. I, you know, I, I'm not, that's a good question though, Saran. I, I think um, just with the, the way free agency sets up in its world today and the salary cap, I think people are a little bit more flexible uh, and you have to be with bringing people in and letting people go. And, um, <clears throat> and so I think just with time here, that's ended up uh, causing people to be a little bit more aggressive and feel more comfortable bringing people in. But um I, I can't tell you the success rate right off the top of my uh, mind here, but I could I could uh, tell you before free agency wasn't a high success rate. I can't tell you what it is bringing guys in <clears throat> on the trades, but I, it seems like it might be a, even a little bit more successful than true free agency. We've got two more questions. We'll go with uh, Pete Sweeney and then Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Coach. Uh, since he arrived in Kansas City, Le'Veon has just been – really, I think, outward with how happy he is to be here. In your eyes, how has he been a fit inside the locker room and why has Kansas City been such a good fit for him? Well, I, I think the offense fits him. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, he can see his talents uh, and what he does best show up, um, you know, in this offense. He can he could see it before he got here and then he had a chance to show it here the other day. So, I think that for a player, that's a positive thing. And um, I don't, I can't tell you how he felt going to New York. I don't know that. So, um, but I, I think he, with ours, he could see it. And, um, and we, you know, we put him to work. So I think that's what he wanted. He wants to, he wants to play. And I think he and <clears throat> he and Clyde are a good combination right there. They, 
uh, and he's a good person. And, you know, we have Daryl too. So <clears throat> you don't, you don't forget about Daryl, who's a good football player too. And, um, and so it all works out, you know, well for, for us in that position. We'll go to Todd Levo with the last one. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Coach, from the outside, people will look and say the Jets don't have a chance, you know, 21-point underdogs, all that stuff. They haven't won a game. When you address the team, what do you tell them about the Jets that's dangerous? I and mean, how? what about their scheme or their personnel can, can provide some danger to you guys this week? Yeah, so this league is um, is been all about parity. I mean, that's what the league strive for. And so it's never as good as you think and never as bad as you think. Um, whether it's driven by the gambling or whether it's driven by the media, you know, whatever it's driven by that pre- present those numbers, I, I don't pay attention to them first, but I, you mentioned them to me. So I, um, I go off of what I see on tape. I go off of that every week somebody gets picked off that was one of these favorites or whatever. And so you go back and you focus on your agenda and you study the opponent, you respect the opponent, and then you get yourself right to make yourself get better every week. And if you lose focus on that, then you have a problem in this league. I mean, there's just, these are good football players and good coaches. And so best in the world, right? As you look at it. So you, you don't lose focus on that. Hey, Patrick, just a question off the football field. And I know you, you took the social media and made a pitch somewhat to the Toronto Raptors, but with the city yesterday now making a formal pitch, what would your sales pitch be to the, to the Raptors to come here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kansas City is a great spot for any franchise to be at. I mean, if you look at the support that the Royals have, uh, the Chiefs, Sporting KC, and, and, and everyone else that, that plays out here, I mean, uh, the, the fan base is crazy, and they, and they love sports, and they love to be here. And uh, if you look just down the road at Lawrence, and, and you see the way the Jayhawks, how they pack out that place every single week, you know that uh, uh, the T-Mobile Center or whatever would be a great spot for any basketball franchise to be at. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, uh, I, I wanted to ask you something you said after the game. You, you made a reference to yourself as the, the young Patrick would have uh, forced the ball down. Or you remember talking about a certain play in the Denver game. And I w- wanted to ask you, now that you're an old man, do you think there'd be a lot of plays that you'd look back at from your early, early in your career, the first few games, and say, boy, I wouldn't do that now? Or do you think there wouldn't be a lot of plays like that? And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up, too. Yeah, well, to answer your question, um, I think there's plays when I watch back. I mean, you watch back games of me playing early in my career. There's some throws that that I I, I wouldn't have made because they were dumb decisions at the time. But there's some throws that I, I hope that I still do make. And so uh, it's kind of playing with that fine line of being aggressive as you possibly can, but not being overly aggressive. And so uh, uh, I try to look back on all, every every experience and learn from it. And I think there's a lot of positive uh, as long as some negatives that I can learn from. Okay. And um, on the second matter, um, the Jets showed some interest in you when you were coming out in the draft. If I'm not mistaken, you went up there for a, a visit before the draft. They had a, a one of the top 10 picks that year. Did you feel like they were serious? Did you feel like there was a significant chance you might be going to New York? Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought there was interest there. I mean, whenever you get on those those visits, you know that they're pretty interested in doing their due diligence. So, uh, I mean, I definitely thought there was interest there, but uh, at the time, they drafted a great player in Jamal Adams, and uh, I mean, you can't you can't really argue with that one. Let's go next to Dave Scretta. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Pat. This is sort of an oddball question too, but um, I'm curious who cleaned the paint off your dog's feet on that gender of year. And then, and then, kind of more importantly, uh, why is it important for you to um, 
to put yourself out there for your fans and the public away from the field and your fiance too, for that matter. Yeah. Well the paint, it, it, it was like this water based paint, I guess that they got that was very easy to clean and it wasn't, it didn't affect the dogs. You know, Brittany's pretty, pretty mom-like already with those dogs. So she don't want anything happening and happening to them that way. And then uh, for me, it's just, it's just being who I am. And I want people to show that I'm just a normal guy, just like everybody else. Uh, I just, I just get to play football for the Kansas city chiefs, but I, I'm a pretty normal guy off the field. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. Hey Patrick. So Obviously, with the records, you guys have a way better record right now than the New York Jets. Just what ways are you saying on top of guys as the loudest voice to make sure, you know, we don't overlook this game? I think people understand that in this league, you can't overlook anybody. I mean, if you watch the tape and don't look at the record, you understand that this is a good football team. Uh, it's a, a team where a lot of guys are, are making a lot of plays, and they have a lot of guys that have made plays in other spots uh, and other, other teams. And so you understand that it's going to be a great challenge for us, and we have to go out there and play our best football if we want to win. And uh, I think that that's not a, an overstatement. That's, that's just true and how this league works. Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Patrick. Uh, first of all, congratulations on you and Tyron getting people registered to vote and uh, getting the arrowhead at the polling location. But I had a, a, a question for you, then I have a follow-up. But uh, have you had a chance to get out and vote uh, yet, or do you plan on doing that on Election Day? And then also, what does success look like for you, for you and Tyron, what you all did? Then again, I have a follow-up. Yeah, well, well, first off, uh, thanks. And then second off, I, I have gotten to to vote and I got to send my vote in absentee voting uh, and everything like that. And then for, for I think for us to have success is to continue to move forward. Uh, we actually are going to be able to meet with Mark here either either this, this week or this next week and to continue to, to strive to get more black owned businesses, the support that they need. And I think it's to continue to, to get the conversation going up until election day and then even past that with different things that we can help out the community with. And so, uh, I mean, having as many people vote is obviously the first, the first step of right now, uh, how important uh, this election is. Um, but, but the next step is to continue to help out our community and, and, and help out the people that need, need the help the most. And I'm glad you said it because that was where I was going with in, re in regards to, you know, everything happening for a reason. We had the economy, the country shut down due to COVID. We saw what happened to George Floyd. Uh, obviously, you got a chance to speak out in support of Black Lives Matter. Wondering if that hadn't happened, if, if you would have had the ripple effect that we got right now with you supporting that, you doing the voting thing. Uh, again, as you mentioned, post November 3rd, what is the, you know, how do you plan to continue to utilize your voice and your platform to affect change, not only in the African-American community, but as a community at whole, of which you are a part of? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is keeping the conversation going and then going out and taking action. And uh, I think uh, with, with this meeting that we're going to have with Mark, he has, he's already had a lot of great ideas that he's learned from people in the community that are, that are out there firsthand making and making change happen. And uh, we'll be able to, as the Chiefs, as an organization, go in uh, with these with our players and do whatever we can to help improve and impact those communities and, and help out as many people as possible. We've got time for a couple more, guys. We'll go Nate Taylor and then Seren Petro. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick. Um, we all know that Travis leads the league right now in terms of receiving yards for tight ends. But I'm wondering when you watch the tape of your teammate, just what comes to mind beyond just catching the football in the receiving yards? 
Yeah, I mean, he, he does it all. I mean, I mean, I think you've seen it more and more as as we haven't had Sherm these last few weeks. He's really stepped up blocking and and, and being that guy, kind of guy blocking from the backfield and doing stuff like that. And he just he's hard for defense to account for. And so uh, when you have guys like Tyreek and Trav and these guys that can get mismatches for other guys, um, it, it helps out the entire offense. And I think that stuff kind of you, whenever you don't see these huge receiving yards uh, some games, you don't understand how much they're impacting the game by being the players that they are. Let's go last to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Patrick, I know you've talked a lot about taking what the uh, what the defense gives you. That's been kind of a theme in how teams have been playing you. And you just said earlier that, you know, there's some throws there that you know you hope you'll make, right? The, the bad ones you want to get away with, but, you know, there are some throws that are there. How, how much are, do you remind yourself? Is, is it a process of, like, now's the time to take some risk? Like, we're down, which you haven't been down much this year, obviously. But now now's the time to take risk versus, like, maybe having to settle yourself down and remind yourself that, hey – we're up big or, you know, everything's going well. How, how much is there like an internal conversation about risk reward? I think it's every, it's before every single drive and it's before every single play. You have to know what, how the game flow is. Uh, if you have momentum in your favor, um, if you have a big league or if it's a tight football game and you have to be, uh, make those decisions, uh, a split second decisions and, and decide if you want to take that risk or if you want to take the check down and just try to do whatever you can to keep the chains moving. And uh, it's a battle that I have uh, with my my nature. I want to throw it and take the risk every single time. But uh, games like the other day when we were up a lot of points, uh, you've got to realize that you don't have to take that risk uh, whenever whenever your your defense is playing like they are. Special teams are doing what they what they do. And so uh, uh, whenever we, whenever we get in these tight situations, I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to take the risk and be able to flip it right back around. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You just heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And now we continue on with Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey. Hey, how are you, Travis? Hey, how are you? All right. (laughs) Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, With that, we'll get started with Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, Good to to see you, Travis. Uh, Actually, Patrick just mentioned this, but... I know you would love to have Sherman out there with you in the huddle and on the field, but given his situation, what was it like to go through the game plan involving Buffalo to be sort of that fullback, H-back, out of the backfield blocking? And how much pride do you take in excelling at that when everybody knows how good you are as a receiver? I mean, it's uh, at the tight end position, you're asked to do so many things, uh, play a lot of different positions, essentially, is you'll see me split out wide, singled up like a wide receiver. Um, like in the Buffalo game in previous games, you see me in the backfield. Um, I've also played inline tight end to the to the kind of like the H-back tight end uh, or the adjuster, as we call it in this offense, uh, to where you could just kind of move me around and put me anywhere. Um, but it's it's uh, it's prideful, man. It's prideful. I'm, the, I'm technically the utility guy on the field, whether you need a plumber, or electrician, man, I'm here for you. And, uh, and and whatever the coaches and the, and the, and the guys on this team need me to do, um, you know, I, uh, I feel like I, you know, throughout the week, I, I hone in on those fundamentals. Um, I, I focus in on, on, on my job and what I have to do to help make this uh, this offense click. And uh, whether it's playing fullback, uh, playing wide out or uh, getting back there and running a, a wildcat and playing QB, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it all and I get excited for it all. And it's a, it's a thanks to all to my coaches for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to, you know, showcase my skills like that. Let's go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Travis, the, the plumber and electrician role, is that something that's evolved or have you always felt that way? Oh, the tight end position has always been that guy. Um, I think over the, over the, uh, the course of the, probably the last like 10 years, um, I, I kind of mentioned this the other day to somebody who was, uh, it was, I think 2011, 2013, where, uh, uh, Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham had those, uh, had, had like the, the blow up year where they both had like 1300 yards or 1200 yards and, uh, above over 10, 10, 12 touchdowns a piece. I think Gronk had like 17 that year. Uh, they had one of the best years ever as a tight end. Um, that really brought attention to the position. Um, and, it, and, it, and what it did league wide and uh, in the college, in, in the college ranks, is uh, it, it made offenses um, think that hey, I got a, I got an athletic guy. I can go ahead and put him in these positions and have some success. And uh, it's just it just keeps evolving more and more every single year. And uh, you know, it's just a, it, it's 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 a prideful thing. You know, uh, if if uh, the more I can do is uh, to help the team, uh, the more I want to help the team. And uh, and that's just the mentality that you have. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, Travis? Uh, Coach E.B. said that uh, last week, he said last week that uh, Clyde and Le'Veon are, are like thunder and lightning. After you see these guys together, um, which one is thunder and which one is lightning? Yeah, in your, I, was in your just trying to, I was just trying to d differentiate the two, man. They're both kind of got a, the, the dual threat thunder and lightning package, man. And it's, uh, it's just the ultimate weather storm out there. And, and uh, you know, with the different types of runs that we have built in for them both. Um, you know, they can give you that one-two punch or they can give you thunder or lightning, wh whichever one you want on that play. And uh, it's just uh, to have a two-headed monster back there and then you throw in uh, D. Williams, um, Daryl, and, 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 uh, and, uh, and Andre. You know, you throw all those guys in there and we got one heck of uh, a running back room. Um, and, you know, as a blocker, that gets you excited, man. You got somebody that can take it to the house any point, any point in the game, man. You want to make sure that you get your guy um, that much more. Uh, we've got four hands up. We'll go right down the line, starting with Harold. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Travis. Two-parter here. Uh, I was watching Inside the NFL last night. Ray Lewis, Brandon Marshall discussed Titans as being divas, but also the smartest on the field. I just want to know your thoughts on what they had to say about that. And also, uh, Patrick Mahomes has just mentioned, uh, you know, he might try to put more into Black-owned businesses. I know you've been invested in the community as well. Uh, after, of course, next Tuesday, when everything with Arrowhead Stadium and voting is done, uh, your last thoughts on that and what's next for you guys pushing forward to help the community? Um, well, to, to answer the, the last question first, I think um, everyone kind of just has to take a role and, and, and find their lane and, and find what they feel comfortable with. Um, what I tend to uh, feel more comfortable with is attacking the youth and making sure that systemic racism uh, is uh, is eliminated and, and try and give the advantages uh, to the inner city, um, to a lot of the minorities that don't have those advantages and don't have that much um, effort being given to them, you know, and uh, or focus being given to them. Um, that's why you see me out in the Kansas City area uh, trying to help out the kids as much as I can and uh, trying to hit these uh, uh, the, the areas that have poverty and um, uh, to move on to the, to the tight end question uh, in this offense, you definitely have to, to be a smart football player, no matter what position you're playing. Um, and the tight end position uh, tends to get moved around a lot more than others, uh, which means you got to be that much more locked into the game plan and what we're trying to get done. Um, in terms of divas, uh, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of personality in the tight end room. Uh, you get both the, the, 
being electric and, uh, and, and enjoying having the ball in your hands. But then at the same time, you got to have a phys- physicality to you uh, to be able to get after somebody in the run game. And uh, and yeah, you'll, you'll see a lot of personality uh, in the tight end room. So I, uh, I can't necessarily say uh, I disagree, but um, I, I appreciate them uh, at least uh, acknowledging that we're some smart football players. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Travis. Um, it seems like you and Pat have a, a better thing going in the red zone than maybe you've had in the past. Just wondering, is there something you can put your finger on there as far as why maybe that connection's better in the red zone this year? And Brad will have a quick follow-up as well. I think um, I think a lot of it is just having the right mindset, the right focus, um, and just being on the same page. It, it is what it is. I've, 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 there have been plays where I haven't been in the, in the, at the, in the right place at the right time. Um, and this year it's just, uh, making sure that I finish drives the right way and, and, and being there for my quarterback and making plays when the ball is in the air. Uh, that's the biggest thing is that when you get the opportunity, you got to make that play. And, um, you know what, I think this year it's just been that much more, uh, uh, dialed in and, uh, and, and that much more successful because of it. Okay, and also uh, haven't had a chance to talk to you since the Oakland game, but you were unhappy on social media after that game. You kind of blamed yourself for for what happened that day. Why were you so unhappy with yourself? What what, what do you feel like you did that day or didn't do that day? Well, uh, definitely have moved past it. Uh, I still get frustrated watching that film. Um, Later towards the game, uh, I got a little frustrated trying to make more out of a play than what it was, and I was running uh, routes that that – that weren't called. And then I, and I screwed the team doing it. Um, stuff that you won't see on film, you won't see on the stats, but something that, uh, that I take that I took personal and it was just me being frustrated and trying to be there for my quarterback, doing the, doing the right things, which, um, I wasn't doing. And, uh, and, and I just got to play within the system and, uh, and, and, and run the plays that are called. Um, you know, we have a lot of freedom in this offense to try and kind of go out there and make plays. And it's, 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 it's had, it's, uh, it's history of having success. You know, sometimes it, it works. And, uh, you know, at that point in the game, I just, um, it's, uh, there was no leeway. You know, I had to, I, I couldn't do that. And um, I, I screwed the team because of it and uh, ended up uh, Pat throwing a pick and the ball going all the way down to the two yard line. And um, you know what, uh, it, it, uh, it, it put two point, uh, two score game, uh, 16 points. You know, it's not just a two score game. You got to put up two, uh, extra or two point conversions and things like that. So it's just, um, you know, learning, even though it's year eight for me, still trying to uh, make sure I'm not doing too much and uh, being myself and uh, helping the team instead of hurting the team. With our last two, Todd Lebo and then Seren. Go ahead, Todd. Travis, how do you uh, avoid overconfidence when you have a team like the Jets who haven't won coming in? And what ways are they dangerous? I mean, what do you have to be aware of? We got to focus on ourselves. That's the biggest thing. And I think we can take that from uh, every game that we've played this year is that when we play uh, to our, our ability, when we, um, we let the game come to us and we don't try and do, uh, you know, too many things offensively or trying to go above and beyond. Um, we have all the players that we need. We got, we got the best uh, weapons in the national football league right here in this building. And uh, when you have that, plus the, the quarterback that can sling it around and, uh, and, and get the ball in everybody's hands and make the right plays and make the right decisions. Um, you know, you, you just got to uh, kind of trust the trust the scheme and, and trust what you're doing is, is good enough and play play your tail off. And as long as we focus on ourselves and how we play the game of football, uh, got got a lot of confidence. We'll go in and take care of business. Go to Seren with the last one. Go ahead, Seren. 
Uh, Travis, a lot of conversation uh, about how defenses are playing you guys, that they're wanting to take the top away. And and Patrick's been, you know, uh, making the smart decision and taking what they're giving them and everything. But your your numbers, uh, you know, are, are typical Travis Kelsey numbers, right? The very good numbers. What are they doing? Are they anything different that they're doing uh, to you or or why you're you're still putting up uh, the, the normal numbers? Um, we got a lot of weapons and you got to you, you have to be able to cover everybody. You can't uh, you can't just focus in on one guy uh, because Pat's known for for moving the ball around and getting it in everybody's hands. And um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with the play calling and, and, and the design of the schemes week in and week out um, to put us all in positions to succeed. And uh, I think from there, it's just, you know, um, Kind of getting lucky with uh, with what the defense is presenting, and 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 uh, you know uh, just being there for for Pat whenever uh, the void is there and the, the ball's in the air. Travis, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys, have a good one. Hey, Dan, you've kind of lived up to the Dirty Dan reputation recently, and you kind of had some flair to it recently with some one-handed interceptions, uh, nine tackles the other day against Denver. Just. I guess in general, what's kind of gotten into your play recently? You really, you really stood out. So what's really got into you? And entire Matthew said you study a lot. You're a student of the game. You deserve it. So what do you think of those comments as well? Um, it's uh, a lot goes to the leadership on the team. Um, you got Tyron and our coaches that encourage us um, to push ourselves during the week, during practice, and to study hard and to, to practice hard. And you know, um, you know those plays and plays that other guys make they're just a reflection of the the hard work that that everybody puts in during the week let's go next to matt mcmullen go ahead matt hey dan so you've been here a while now um what's your favorite thing about the secondary right now this year um we're probably as as close of a unit as i've ever experienced um in my seven years and uh, a lot has to be do with um you know guys coming back we've got the same you know, pretty much secondary that uh, that we had last year for the most part. And, um, you know, we, we know each other really well. We've been playing together for a long time, a lot of games now. And um, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of continuity there. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go, Nate. Hey, Dan. Why do you think Steve Spagnuolo is a good coach or better yet, a good teacher um, in terms of, relaying information for that week's opponent. Yeah, he's very detailed. Um, and I love his meetings. Um, it's just packed full of information. Um, he feeds us, um, as much as, as, um, as we need. Um, and you never feel like you're unprepared going into, um, a week or, or practice because, um, their preparation, the coach's preparation and the way that they, they teach it to us is, um, is the best that I've, I've ever had. And, um, you know, when you, when you have a coach like, uh, Steve Spagnuolo that that's willing to do that and you've got players that are willing, um, to put in the time to, to learn and, and to digest what he's, what he's teaching and coaching us, um, then, then you've got a recipe for success. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Dan, similar vein to Nate's question. You've been here for seven years, as you mentioned. What do you think now that we're a year and change into Tyron being here? What has he injected into both the defensive room and then the defensive backs room? Um, there's a lot of that that uh, that that Tyron does. Um, one is his energy. I think that's the one thing that probably stands out the most is he has the ability to create this energy. Um, and it's 
contagious. It's something that uh, rallies everybody on defense. You 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 want to be a part of it. Um, you you grow from it. Everybody um, leans off it. And then um, his football intelligence is is off the charts. Uh, he's a very intelligent football player. Very smart. His understanding of the game, and so that is able to translate to other um, players on the team as, as we, we uh, get a play around him. It elevates everybody's game. It's going to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Dan, um, is, it, is there an area you feel like that you can grow, that you mean the team, the Chiefs, can grow on on defense? In other words, is there an area where you feel maybe you guys are right around the corner from making an improvement? Um, yeah, there's, there's probably a lot of, of things that, um, that we are still chasing and, and improving, um, you know, things we, we really, um, like the idea of, of, uh, being a stout, uh, defensive team as far as stopping the run. Um, and so that's something that, that we're going to be chasing and we're always going to be trying to improve uh, week in and week out. And then, um, always, uh, you know, it all comes down to points, right? For, for the defense, that's, that's all that matters, right? It's points on the scoreboard. And so, you know, just keeping those, those points, um, low, um, you know, and, and closing games out, you know, we, you, you can play good defense for three quarters, right. And have the game in hand, but you, you still don't want, um, those points to creep up on the scoreboard. And, and so things like that, we're always chasing, but, um, you know, within the scheme, you know, it's, it's always, you're chasing improvement, uh, for self, for mastery of the scheme. Um, there's a lot of things that we're chasing, um, to improve week in and week out. Let's go last to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, and, and I'll have a follow-up uh, here real quick uh, when I get done. Dan, the defense has gotten so much better over the last two years. You guys are playing with confidence. You, you know, how much does that, you know, is it, is it the confidence comes first and then you play better? Or is the playing better? And, and how good you guys have been really since midseason last year when everybody got healthy? Is that what, what feeds on? Which, which one seems to come first? You know, I, I think um, confidence comes from um, the hard work that you put in. Um, and so – you know, that's what we try and do week in and week out. If we have a solid Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice and solid preparation and film study and everybody's locked in, that that's the confidence that we carry into the game. And then that obviously translates into, um, you know, production and, and playing well. And so I think I think it even goes a step uh, further to say it's it's the the work and the preparation that um, that ultimately, you know, produces the um, success on the field. And I remember a long time ago, Brian Waters uh, told me, hey, listen, no matter what's called, we got to run it, right? So, like, we're going to – even a bad play, we're going to run a bad play. And everybody being in on a bad play is better than everybody trying to freelance and do their own thing. But he said when you get a coach that gives you a chance to succeed, you're much more committed to it. I'm just curious, does that – you know, Steve Spagnuolo seemingly has kind of called his shots. He said, hey, in training camp last year, he said, judge us in the second half. That's when it's all going to come together. It all came together. This year in camp, he's saying things like, you know, the next step for us is for takeaways. We, we got to take the ball away more. You're, you're second in takeaways. How much how much is, is Steve Spagnuolo and, and his whole coaching staff, right, uh, and, and their ability to, to make sure that they're maximizing what you guys do and putting you in a position to succeed, how much does that add to the confidence level? Oh, it adds a, a lot. And I think um, there's been um, enough time for us to get to know one another um, and like I said, we've been a, a group, um, coaching staff and players included for a long time now. 
And so we're very familiar with one another. And, and um, the coaching staff does a really good job of, like you said, putting guys in, in a position to make plays and, and preparing us so um, that uh, when we do go out there, that, uh, that we have the tools in order to, to make plays. And, you know, you've probably seen that as a, as a result of all those um, turnovers. And, you know, we're just going to, what, what, what Spags has, has been preaching to us is improvement. And we're going to do that week in and week out. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys.